TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Talk like a champion today baby talk like a champion today that's what the sign says here in the studios welcome to everybody to the two guys at a mic show talkzone.com the big dog and the coach at your service on a residue tuesday here in the fine city of chicago why do we call it residue tuesday well when you got a one-hour show on monday and you got a busy busy sports weekend you can't get to everything that happened over the weekend so we found it comfortable on tuesdays to kind of pick up some of the residue some of the drippage some of the leakage some of the seepage getting a little too descriptive here if you will from the weekend the sports talk that we didn't get to yesterday we'll bring it up today and we'll do it with you our fine listeners at 888-463-6748 welcome and we will big dog talk like a champion today i hope that motivates you my friend how are you uh, yeah, Coach, I'm totally motivated and just to let you know I'm right in the middle of a dog fight. Uh, I've got my P51 Mustang, and I'm taking on a bunch of uh, zeros right now, Coach, so that's why it's so noisy. You're taking on a bunch of euros? Zeros. Oh, zeros. Yes, yes. Not sure that no, makes any... you got me fired up. I'm ready I'm ready to talk like a champion today, Coach. Beautiful. If anything can do, I can talk like a champion. I don't know about play. I can talk like a champion. Well, that's the very essence of why people go into radio, people go into sports talk. Those who can do, those who can't, talk about it, right? That's what a coach and a big dog are here for. But, uh, yeah, we had a Monday night football game last night. I want to talk about that. We also had uh, the baseball playoffs continuing to heat up. San Francisco Giants have eliminated the Atlanta Braves. Not sure if you caught the end of that game, but uh, pretty suspenseful. Final couple innings, one-run lead, Bobby Cox finishing his career. Did you catch the end of uh Pretty good baseball game last night, Big Dog. Yeah, excellent baseball game. And that, that's, the, that's the one bad thing about, you know, being such a diehard football fan is, you know, sometimes, you know, I lose, <laughs> I lose touch with the fact that baseball players are just absolutely amazing. Bobby Cox last game, got, you know what, those guys really were playing hard for him, but the Braves are just way too undermanned to get it done against the real, real good San Francisco Giants coach. Yep, came down to a 3-2 to two lead, I think, last couple of innings. In both the innings, the Atlanta Braves had runners on base. And, boy, that that's, we've talked about it before. That's when October baseball, that's when playoff baseball, that's when the sport of baseball, when some people say it's boring, big dog, and it, it can be. It's a long game. you got to be a true baseball fan. But, boy, even if you're not a hardcore fan, when you get into games like that, final couple of innings, every batter, every pitch, every – Every little thing counts in the game, and there's that tension. It's good stuff, and that's what we had last night. Giants hang on to win it. Brian Wilson gets the win, but it wasn't easy, dog. He put runners on base both times, but able to get the big outs. Yeah, there's something about Brian Wilson that just chaps my ass. I don't like the guy. You know, the whole doing the fingers, you know, each way after he gets the save. Mm -hmm. You know, dyeing his beard. Yes. Come on. You want to look like a grizzly man, don't dye your beard. Okay? I was going to ask about that. I wasn't aware, in fact, if he did die. I don't know if you're alluding or if that's fact, but uh, I'm watching the game, and I, and I mentioned to my son, I said, that can't be natural. So well, do you? No, it, it isn't. You can tell it's not natural, coach. Okay. Is, is he doing that for the intimidation factor? Yeah, it, it is not working. 
When was the last time somebody with dyed hair actually intimidated you, Coach? <sighs> Hasn't intimidated me for a while. The intimidation thing goes all the way back, I think, to St. Louis Cardinal uh, Al Rabowski with the mustache, maybe Raleigh Fingers with the, the handlebar mustache, but it kind of started back with those two guys. Maybe you could go even further back than that. No, you can't go further back than that because uh, the the first team with uh, mustaches or facial hair was the 1970s A's teams, Coach. Mm-hmm. You can't go back any further than that, my man. I'd be more than happy to teach you baseball history every day. Oh, no, here comes another zero. Hey! Sorry, Coach. Oh, why are we afraid of zeros? Well, that's what I'm just saying. I'm, it's, I'm in a war zone right now is the best way for me to tell you. <laughs> Anybody know the city of Chicago? I'm on the corner of Grand and Wood. Can I can I be so bold as to ask what you're doing on the corner of Grand and Wood in Chicago? Well, I'm walking today instead of actually doing the show on my bike. Okay. Because I'm going to the I'm going to our studios. I'm going to film another episode of Big Dog versus the Spread, Coach. Ah. And I have to ride my bike everywhere. So very good. All right. I'm this... actually not fighting zeros. I'm just trying not to get hit or shot. <laughs> And this, I hate to tell you, in this neighborhood, I'm more worried about getting shot than I am about getting hit. This is so, for the ChitownMix.com website, correct? Yes, yes, right. which is also, we're promoting TalkZone.com, without question. Yes. It's hand-in-hand. Hand. It's synergetic, Coach. So you're going to make a symbiotic relationship. You're, I love symbiotic relationships. I'm a big fan of those. Um, so you're making your Beat the Schmoes football picks for next next week already? This Friday, yeah. Wow. That's pretty tough on a, on a Tuesday morning. You got to get your you got to get your football. Why does it take that long to put? It? Couldn't you film it on Thursday and get it up there? Well, no. See, that's the thing is, there's a lot of production involved, and we don't want to do it where it gets done on Friday. And I'm trying to, you know, when people are looking for their football picks, we want it done well before Friday, mm-hmm. not Friday night at 11 p.m. All right. Well, I highly recommend. You know, I highly recommend people checking it out. Last week on our show, by the way, you went three and O on beat the schmoes against the point spread. You are red hot in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to take advantage of it too. You can't believe the people we booked for uh, our particular taping of this uh, of this show just because I was a winner last week. Mm-hmm. So I, I just can't believe we got on did the job, and he's going to sit right next to Paris Hilton. So <laughs> beautiful coach. Well, it's nice that you're on a show where people are uh, being booked because usually you're the one being booked, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with being on a show either. Yeah, and and by the way, does anybody do any work pro bono? Any attorneys out there? Speaking of that, coach. Hey, keep it clean. All right, not, I will, I will. Let's not get into pro bono. That's for the uh, adult-oriented segment post-show. We should do a post-show show. Like, you know how uh, Oprah does the after-show? wrap-up of our show? Yeah, after-hours with Oprah. I know Bill Maher on his uh, his uh, real, real-time show. A lot of shows are doing that now. The post-show, the after-show, whatever you want to call it. I think we should do that, too. It might even be more entertaining than the actual show. Now, does fat Oprah or skinny Oprah do her post-game uh, show? It's the regular Oprah. Don't take shots. I'm a big Oprah fan. Well, who isn't a big Oprah fan? Yeah. By the way. I know which one, the fat Oprah or the skinny Oprah does the actual post-game show. Let's call it the skinny Oprah. Take it easy. Okay. Take it easy. Uh, And we'll throw this out to David Olson, too, our fine producer on the other side of the glass. Real quick off the sports page, as long as you mention Oprah Winfrey, uh, Forbes (laughs) Magazine. Forbes Magazine recently came out, Big Dog 5. Most influential women in the world. In the world. Oprah is number three. Can you name me the other four? Um, well, I'm sure they have uh, Obama on there. 
As in Michelle Obama? Yeah. She would be number one, which is hard to believe, but I guess, I don't know, the first lady of... Hopefully she doesn't read that. She already thinks way too much of herself in the first place. You think so? Uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hillary Rodham Clinton ranked very similar to Nebraska right now, ranked number five. Okay. Hillary, Sp- um, I think Hillary spent some time in Nebraska as a young lady, by the way. Okay, I don't know her real name, but I'm going to have to go. And I haven't seen her yet, but I'm going to have to go with Snooky of Jersey Shore. <laughs> Snooky is not. Not only is she in the not not in the not uh, in not. Hello, hey, hey, blue forty two, red seventeen. Not only is she not in the top twenty, she's not even in the honorable mention. Well, that's that's too bad, Coach. One. You, you know what's pretty sad? No, it's pretty, I, I, I do want to hear the rest of the list, but you know what? I'm I'm talking to people because I'm kind of a pop culture retarded. Yes. I really don't know anything about it, so I've asked a few people. Hey, what are some people in pop culture that are funny that I have to have on this list? Mm-hmm. Every single person who said a woman said Snooky. I'm, I'm talking about 20 different people. They every single one. Oh, you got to get Snooky from Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. I said, who is this chick? And so she I saw suppo- a picture of her, and I, I got some really good jokes. I have I know nothing about her. When I told the jokes to the guys, they were like, "Dude, that's perfect. You have no idea." But are, so are they guess, are they implying that she's actually funny, or it's just fun to make fun of her? Yeah, that, like uh, she's just a character. Okay. is basically what it is. Yeah, they but, say she might be the dumbest person in the history of television. Yeah, from the fine MTV show. What the heck is it called again? Um, Jersey Shore, which Jersey I legitimately Shore, yeah. have seen like 10 seconds of it and yep. didn't know I was watching it. I've tuned so. in for a few minutes a couple of times just on a professional basis so I know what it's about. And also, just in case my teenage kids are watching it, to check out how bad it actually is. And actually, it's not that bad. I mean, it's bad. I have, I have better abs in the situation, by the way, Coach. No. I just want to throw that out there. No, 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 no. no. Better cats. Yes, I do. No. No, your abs are not better than the situation. You have not seen my abs, though. I've seen your abs. Well, when have you seen my abs? Last time we were together, you showed me your abs. A little bit too often, quite frankly. Oh, you know, that was different, Coach. I thought you were a little bit more drunk than you must have been. <laughs> when did I see you last? Oh, yeah, at the Schaumburg Flyers game. Yeah. Yeah, right about the, if I remember, it was the bottom of the fourth you showed ab. And then the top of the I sixth. Did? Yeah, you showed ab in the top of the sixth also. It was quite embarrassing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to. On the other hand, you're, more comfortable, coach. your calf muscle is clearly better than the situations, though. No question well, about it. I mean, yeah, from what I understand, he actually had the implant operation. Oh, an ab implant? No, a calf implant. A calf implant. Okay. Yeah. Never yeah. knew there was such thing. By the way, rank number two in the top five most influential women in the world, Kraft okay, and Court. Uh, now, is, did we get all the U.S. people in the top five? No, there's still one. She's a businesswoman. I'm not sure if you'll know her. Um, yeah, who is it? CEO of Kraft Incorporated, Miss Irene Rosenfield. I actually, I should have known that because my buddy works at Kraft. I, should, I do. I know. I know yep. the name, and from what I understand, uh, she's an actual excellent boss. Yes, from what I've been told by this yep. guy. So excellent. That's good to know. Very, very yes. good CEO. And by the way, very good abs as well. Very not, good what? Abs. Not as good as the situation, but Irene Rosenfeld's abs, uh, right, you know, not bad. Not bad. I'm uh, not in a woman's abs. I'd rather see them fat. <laughs> and number four is a world leader, not from the United States. The chick from Germany? <laughs> I think she prefers to go by Chancellor Merkel, Angela Merkel. I'm not sure. She, <laughs> she's been called the, the chick from Germany, but, yes, that's who's ranked number four. 
good to know. Good to know. Okay. <laughs> nice. Joel showing his due respect to the leaders of other countries and the female spectrum as a whole. The chick from Germany, the number four influential woman in the world. Nicely done. Uh, it's a good place to get an education, Coach. Yes. Germany. Although uh, this night, we should say this poll was put out before the Brett Favre, Jen Sturmer controversy. I would think if it was polled now, Jen Sturmer might be passing the chick from Germany and maybe the number four ranked spot. You, you know, Coach, I've been saying on these airways for years that Brett, Brett Favre was a POS. Everybody, oh, he's got a love of the game. The stuff I hear about people who live in Wisconsin, Brett Favre is a piece of crap, okay? But I'm going to say this. I will say this. I'll come to the defense of the guy this time, okay? Before we just assume that the dude's guilty, you never know who had his phone, number one. And number two, he could have been let on. And three, and most importantly, this happened two years ago, and it's brought up the week that they're playing that particular team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So before before we hang Brett Favre, and trust me, from what I understand, it's the first time it'll ever have happened to him. Uh, you know, let's, let's, let this stuff sort itself out. And let me reiterate, I don't like Brett Favre. I never, like, fell for his love of the game. I think behind the scenes he is a piece of crap. But let's not, like, uh, just assume that he's wrong in this particular situation, Coach. Yeah, there is the conspiracy theory for sure, the timing of it and uh, the whole, you know, the deadspin.com. I don't know how reputable that website is. The, you hear and some supposedly of the... this girl is doing nothing about it. Somebody else bought the stuff. You know, right. It, oh, yeah, it, no. It's, it's, it's jacked up, Coach. Yeah. No, no, it's not her that's putting this out. That, that's been quite yeah. clear. Now, she's talking to the NFL people, and they're uh, going to make their decision once they do their research on the topic, so to speak. But no, 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 she's not the one, definitely not the one calling this out to, you know. Now, do you think they're going to treat Brett Favre like Michael Jackson and make him like pull his pants off for investigators? I do not. I certainly hope not. I'm, I'm only saying that half kidding. Yes. Yes, and I'm only saying it half realistically. I certainly hope not. Well, I would hate to have that job. We don't need that kind of personal identification. Thank you very much. No. Yeah, that's detective work gone one step too far. By the way, speaking (laughs) of Brett Favre, he did throw an interception late in the game. I did not watch Monday Night Football. Any of our fans out there, you want to talk about games from the weekend, the Monday night game last night, or some of the great baseball action. we got a big one coming up tonight, too. I want to talk about that. Phone lines open at 888-463-6748-888. 463-6748. Dial it up. We're user-friendly. Big dog and a coach. 29-20. to 20. The Jets knock off the Viking dog. Fire throws a late interception. The Jets uh, started off the season a little bit shaky, but they're uh, going into full gear here. I did not watch the game, so I can't tell you all the details, but it was a big win by the Jets. Did you catch any of the ball game? Yeah, of course. I watched basically every snap of the game, Coach. And I-, I love how you call a, a one-point loss at home to an extremely good team starting off the season kind of shaky because mm-hmm. they've been dominant in every other game since. So, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe not against the Patriots totally because they, they only dominated the second half. But mm-hmm. to me, the Jets are the Super Bowl favorite right now. Uh, you just answered my next question. I was going to say, how good are the Jets? Are they one of those teams that we're looking for an elite team? Are they potentially that type of team? Coach, their defense is just mothering. They run the football. They're finally letting their quarterback throw the ball down the field. They have a bunch of veterans who have learned to gel with other people because they want one thing. They've got a bunch of guys that have had extremely high-level, multi-Pro Bowl careers Mm -hmm. that have moved over to the Jets that have never won a Super Bowl, yet they're winning-style players. 
you, you know what I mean? It's not just some players like, you know, Terrell Owens, you know, they have won a Super Bowl and then, you know, they put up the huge numbers, but you watch uh, every single snap of the game and you see Terrell Owens dropping passes that get intercepted, seeing a guy cut in front of him and he didn't come back to the football, then he yells at the quarterback. Like, dude, all you had to do was plant and come back to the football and that kid Grimm, uh, Russ Grimm's little son, wouldn't intercept the pass and return it for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So these are winning players that got all up and down the roster, Coach. Uh, LaDainian Thomason, Aaron Taylor, Calvin Pace, uh, Antonio Cromartie. This seems going, I mean, they're the favorite right now. But that's not, but I'm not saying head, that's like being the favorite. Like, uh, I don't know. It's like the only one in the bar that has any money on him. It's basically the only thing right now. This is not exactly the strongest NFL season. Yeah, they're the best of the best, but right now the best is not that good. But they do look like one of the teams uh, that might elevate to the next level. Hey, maybe, uh, Maybe you get a New York Giant, New York Jets Super Bowl. Right now we talked yesterday that the NFC, there's no great team, but you know the New York Giants, at least the last couple of weeks, have elevated maybe to that level. Uh, there's the possibility. I don't know, has that happened before at the Super Bowl level, Big Dog, where we've had City versus City? I would think not, but Giants and Jets, no. a possibility. No, we've never had anything like that, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, like San Francisco and Oakland never got together. Uh, like none of Miami versus Tampa. I mean, I'm trying to think of the closest. Gee, I, I'll think of it if you give me a second. Um, I would have to say the closest geographical in terms of the fact they're from the same state mm-hmm. is when Buffalo lost on the Scott Norwood field goal attempt 20 to 19 to the New York Football Giants. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's in state. Yeah. If you if you give me a second to think about it, I might be able to find something better than that. But no, it, it really has never been. Uh, a story at the Super Bowl, Coach. Just to show the fans out there the uh, incredible brain power of the big dog, Joe Radwanski, when it comes to sports and his recollection abilities. David Olson, check this out now. Uh, big dog, 2001 Super Bowl. Who played? Who won? Okay, you're talking about for the season or like the 2000 season? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. January 2001? Which one? Let's call it uh, the, the actual 2001. So the 2000-2001 season. Okay, so oh, so that would be the year that the Ravens Beat the Giants, thirty-four to send, thirty-four to seven in Tampa Bay. Ray Lewis was the MVP, even though the year before he was uh, in a jail cell. And the only touchdown allowed by the Ravens that day was a kickoff return by uh, Mr. Ron Dixon. About uh, two thousand six, two thousand five, two thousand six Super Bowl. Okay, well that's uh, a little bit easier. That's uh, when the Steelers beat the Seahawks, twenty-six twenty-one. Ben Roethlisberger became the first quarterback in NFL history to have a worse rec- I mean, worse passer rating than the quarterback he was going against and actually win the Super Bowl game. 1998 Super Bowl, 97-98 season. Who won? Uh, that would be this one for John. That's when uh, John Elway won his first Super Bowl. Terrell Davis, MVP, even though he missed... <laughs> Most of the first half, and the oh. Green Bay Packers were exposed as nothing but a bunch of frauds. And Brett Favre, by the way, was horrific in the second half of that particular football game. No pictures from the 1998 Super Bowl. I hope uh, no, no, no. But trust me, they were really close to Tijuana, though, Coach. That was held in San Diego. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable! Just a taste, folks. Just a taste off the cuff of the incredible knowledge, recollection, ability, and almost the sick sports. Wisdom, man, not wisdom, but recollection that the big dog has. That's that's truly amazing. It's too bad 
that you have not been able to use those recollection powers, big dog, to somehow find a way to create great financial gratification for you, your family, and a few significant others. Well, I did win the most money on Stump the Schwab. Yes. So you you, you can say I haven't reaped the benefits. Well, my ex-wife certainly did. <laughs> I'm sure your ex-wife is thrilled. Is she still well, listening I'm, to the program? I'm sure she's absolutely thrilled. I'm a little pissed off about it. I can imagine. Is your ex-wife, uh, can we count her as a dedicated listener to the program? I don't know. I would hope so. I would, I hope, would hope so. so. I mean, yeah. there's no animosity. No. There's no more, you know, no more. I guess it was the beatings that made me wise. No reason to have animosity. No, no, I'm done. No. And we are, yeah, you know, I've, been, I've been pretty happy for the last three years. We are uh, fairly popular with ex-wives, Big Dog. If you will look at the studies, if you have uh, broken up in a relationship lately, if you have ended a marriage of sorts, there's a good chance your ex-wife, your ex-loved one will enjoy our show. Our research shows that uh, for some reason we are very big in the world of ex-wives. Yeah, and you know what, Coach? I guess it goes because I've had a lot of luck with girls that had just been through a horrible relationship uh-huh. and just need somebody, a shoulder to cry on. Yep. Because they know they'll never get attached to me because I'm poor and mm-hmm. I don't smell that good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm decent looking enough for like a weekend. <laughs> There's a comforting thought for everybody. All right. Yeah, well, you know, every other weekend is good for me. <laughs> 888-463-6748 if you're an ex-wife, an ex-loved one, or if you've just broken up from a relationship and looking for a shoulder or a few other body parts to lean on, the big dog is right here for you. 888-463-6748. God forbid you actually want to talk some sports. With the coach and the big dog, we'll take those phone calls as well. We're going to take a quick break in a second, big dog, but uh, very, very quickly. And by the way, when we come back, I do want to talk about a game five tonight, a deciding game five. So uh, get your Tampa Bay, Texas info out there because that's going to be fun to talk about. Good matchup on TBS tonight. But very quickly as we head to a break, thoughts, residue Tuesday from the collegiate football weekend from Saturday. Any, uh, any seepage, any leakage, things we did not get to yesterday that – is sticking with the big dog in the world of collegiate football. Uh, there's so much to talk about, Coach. It's, I mean, what a bunch of great games in the Big Ten, and I don't think we touched on it just a little bit because I'm really happy that the University of Illinois is a decent football team this year. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, I, we, I can go on for hours. I don't know if I could really sum it up in one particular statement, Coach. Well, one of the keys, one of the keys is Ron Zook is not doing so much of the coaching now. They actually have, uh, uh, you know, a solid offensive coordinator, Paul Petrini. Yes. And they've got uh, not Paul Petrino, thank you. And they've got a very good defensive coordinator, not like the co-coordinators they had last year where it looked like everything everything was disheveled. What's his name, Coning? Vic Coning. From Arizona? uh, Yes. And his, his thing was this. We're not going to scheme people. He's like, we'll get into that. First and foremost, I want to find people that can tackle and have an attitude. Yep. And that, that might sound kind of simpleton. It might sound kind of clicheic or cheesy. But you know what? Who cares if you guys got, got guys in the right space and if they can run and all that? If they can't tackle, they're not worth a dang on defense. It's the first so, thing I noticed when I watched their uh, opening game. I forgot even uh, they played Northern, I think, right in the opening game. No, 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 no. They played Missouri. Okay, in our travel. You're right, and they lost that game. But it was the one thing I noticed immediately. We talked about it in the air here this year. They were very simple. They were tackling better. Sounds yeah. very basic, very fundamental, but we noticed it in the Missouri game, and it's carried on. They they tackle better, less people breaking away. Yes, and yeah, when the and when you tackle people, it makes it everything easier, you know, in football, coach. Mm-hmm. 
How about the uh, Paul Bunyan axe, one of the great trophies in all the sports, Big Dog Michigan State, raising Paul Bunyan and that axe, which, by the way, is too close to a sensitive area of the body. But uh, they raised it up at the University of Michigan, 105,000 Michigan fans, maybe a couple thousand Michigan State fans. How sweet it is to raise the axe and to beat your arch rival at their place. Michigan State got it yeah, done. Well, yeah, too bad the Paul Bunyan axe game was Minnesota versus Wisconsin. I don't know what Michigan and Michigan State play for, but... That's close enough, Coach. I'm just proud that you knew that Michigan State beat Michigan this weekend on the road. Uh, now, wait a minute. I'm the pick- Paul Bunyan Axe game is Wisconsin-Minnesota. You're sure? Coach, you just told me about what an unbelievable recollection well, and memory I have. You're right, but, I'm, but I, and I know my memory is not very good, but I watched Michigan State and Michigan, and there was – and they were. did you watch the end of the game? Do they have, uh, no, I didn't. Do they have some type of Paul Bunyan trophy, though? It must be, because they were raising something, and it certainly looked like Paul Bunyan, and it certainly had an axe. And I, I didn't watch any of the Wisconsin-Minnesota games, so. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to find out exactly what you're talking about, because okay. I know the people in Michigan yep. say Paul Bunyan is from there. That is, that's a big, that's contentious among people in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan. And All people right. in Michigan be like, he chopped down more cherry trees in Michigan than any place in the world. Coach. Okay. So. Ah, you're throwing me for a loop here because, again, my, my short-term memory is getting worse as we speak, but I have a direct recollection unless I've completely gone wacko, which is a possibility, quite frankly, uh, that after watching Michigan State-Minnesota, they were raising up that trophy. But either way, that was a great game, great win for Michigan State. By the way, real quick, my Northwestern Wildcats, they lost a bad game and everything, dog, and you know I was there. Let me point out that on their final drop, when they were down three points, they handed the ball off to Mike Trumpy at the 29-yard line on uh-huh. the drive. The Dan Pershad marched the team down a couple of first downs, and he broke a couple tackles, got down to the four-yard line. Northwestern was going to win the football game. I don't know if you saw this or not. Holding call. Holding call on the center. They showed the replay, and it was a pretty good call, but, boy, that's a tough call to make in the last two minutes of the game. But Northwestern was one holding call away from beating Purdue on the final drive. Thought I'd mention that. Well, and they also fumbled a punt return. There was a bunch of bad stuff that happened for Northwestern. It's one of those things they're going to look back one day and be like, man, we should have played a lot better. We lost to a team we should have beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. And then, no, the final thing I want to mention in college football is Alabama, of course, getting defeated. One thing we didn't bring up yesterday and. uh, David Olson, our producer, I don't know if you're aware or not, Gerald McElroy, their quarterback. His first loss as a starting quarterback since eighth grade. Yeah, and I guess they made him wear a mock turtleneck because of the defeat. <laughs> How embarrassing. You want to lose your first game in like eight years and they put you in a mock turtleneck? That guy's <laughs> supposed to be the leader of men. Not comfortable, Coach. Oh, that's pretty good, though. So I'm assuming he started as a junior and senior, probably won two state titles undefeated. Yeah, in Texas. In Texas, in the big division in Texas. Wow. So, you know, that, it's funny, everybody calls him the manager of the game, but he makes plays. He manages games like this. Hey, I'm, I'm playing to win. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he can still throw he's the heck football. Of a quarterback, coach. He can still throw the football. He's underrated, and, uh, they're Absolutely. still talking about, they're talking about that eighth grade game he lost, though, 10 years ago. Supposedly yeah. an interception he should never have thrown. <laughs> All right. I heard there was a safety involved in the game that cost them the game. That can happen. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, folks, a little baseball talk. Game five tomorrow and Big Dog, I don't know if you're aware or not, but today, 
And maybe that's why you're downtown. Today is the first day that you can absentee vote. Election Day coming up November 2nd. You can place your votes starting today. We'll talk a little election coverage. Sports guys talk politics. And Game 5, a finale. Tampa Bay versus Texas. When we come back, Big Dog and the coach. Big Dog's dodging zeros. Not sure what zeros are, but he's dodging them. Back in a minute. Two guys in a mic. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com beautiful beautiful day here in the fine city of chicago hope everybody out there enjoying an outstanding morning thus far at your morning break Sports Report. It's two guys at a mic every Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning, up until 11. The big dog and the coach at your service talking sports and more very quickly, dog. Before we get to uh, game five, big matchup tonight, great pitching matchup, all the suspense, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, very quickly, uh, November 2nd, Election Day is creeping up. I know it's a big day in the Radwanski family, but today is the first day of absentee valley. Any chance you are going to be one of those absentee balloters? Yeah, coach. I got a. By the way, can I need to buy like one of those big package of postage? Yep. Like those hundred sample ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a lot of votes to make today. Oh, so you might be absentee uh, balloting, huh? Drop them in a, off at like different post offices that correlate to the address. Okay. I mean, I just got to make sure I got to do this right because I got to get a couple people in Cook County elected. They owe me some favors. <laughs> vote early, vote often, my friend. But uh, can you give the listeners out there a possible persuasion? Are you going? independent are you mixing it up going demo going republican any uh little indicators of which way the big dog a, a political mainstream if you will a political hack if you will um any indications which way you might be going uh, i'm going to vote for people that aren't corrupt so i guess i'm not going to vote this particular year <laughs> oh, I've had it, coach. nobody nobody out there exciting you absolutely no one okay that's sad. Everybody is corrupt. Anybody who wants to be a politician is nothing but a uh, some type of leech that wants to control other people. Mm-hmm. Seriously, why would you want to get in? You want to make change? And of all these people that always talk about they want to make change and do good, why are they always the ones putting their hands in the coffers? Why is everything so corrupt? I, I'm fed up with the whole whole political system. Very, very sad. How many million people do we have in the fine state of Illinois? Uh, good question. I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure our producer, David Olson, probably knows there's just under 3 million in the city That's of Chicago. Sad. Okay. Just over 8 million in the Chicagoland area. So I would guess. Like 10 or 11 million? 14 to, six, 14 to 16 million right. overall in the state. Remember, Big Dog, just outside Chicago, there's a place called Illinois. 
Thanks, Coach. I'm glad you reminded me. I, you know, as, I'm as pretty a, sure half of the half of the city or half of the state of Illinois actually resides in the Chicagoland area. Yeah, I would sure. think so, population-wise. David, do we have a rough estimate of uh, the city of Chicago? Uh, I mean, city of Chicago, I'm sorry, state, state, of state of Illinois. State of Illinois, it's just under 13 million. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so more than half, definitely wow. more than half, live in the Chicagoland area. We're picking up. We're picking up. All right, so 13 million people. Just to, to put it in the completely idealistic sense, theoretically, we should be choosing, Big Dog, and I'm being out of control ideal here, but theoretically we should be deciding between two of the top people, two of the greatest representatives out of 13 million people. We are picking between two to represent this fine state in all of our political endeavors. But somehow the idealism of that theory does not quite come to fruition, does it, when you look at the actual no. two people we're choosing from? No, we. I, I know this might sound crazy, but uh, I think we need to pay politicians more. Mm-hmm. Because we need to get better people. Now, I'm not saying that money will make somebody better, but we also need to hold these people accountable. So pay them more in the first place. Maybe they'll be less likely to actually be corrupt. And then have these people under thorough and the utmost scrutiny and microscope. So if they are being corrupt, they get hung. I mean, I mean, tra- I mean, like as a traitor, killed. I'm not kidding you, Coach. I am so sick of corrupt politicians. To me, it's the most disgusting thing on the planet besides being like a pedophile, a rapist, or a murderer. Mm-hmm. It's a corrupt politician. Honestly, I mean, it's. I feel that strongly about it. We need to get better people in, but it, it, it needs to change. These people need to. If you, if you get elected, you, I don't care if you're if you're willing to go run and try to control other people. You should be under the scrutiny of everything you do, and if you don't like it, don't run for public office. Then. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of comments to that. First of all, little sports guys talk politics here. We jump off the sports page early and often. On the two guys in a mic show, you want to take a leap with us, you're more than welcome. 888-463-6748. Or if you want to get us back on the sports beat, uh, you can do that too by calling up. A um, couple of thoughts on that. One, let's not get carried away. We're not going to put someone to death for corruption. Yeah, I, I think they should, though. But you're I feel you. me my personal opinion, they should, Rob Goyevich should have been murdered. He should have been executed, uh. shot. Like we're in Venezuela. All right. That, that's your opinion. I think most people would disagree with that. I would be one of them. I feel your pain. I feel your venom. I feel your anger. But I certainly would not go that far. Comment number two, there's varying levels of corruption. So that would play into it. And then comment number three, I agree with you on the negativity of it because it's premeditated. That's what bothers me so much about it. In, in the worst corruption cases, it's thought out. It's not spur of the moment. Where you, you know, do something drastically bad more on the spur of the moment, out of emotion or something. This is fairly intelligent people making, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, not spur of the moment, but making very well thought out decisions to increase their power or increase their money at the expense of others who can ill afford to lose a job or ill afford to lose money. Premeditated greed at the expense of others. That is among the worst. Again, I'm not talking murder or even putting away a person for life, but it is among the worst crimes you can commit, in my opinion. Uh, I'm glad we agree on that particular aspect of it, Coach. It mm-hmm. sickens me. Yeah. It really does. Uh, these people, yeah, we're doing it for the little guy, or we're doing it because Jesus said so. Yeah, whatever. Okay, I, I get so fed up with the Republicans and the Democrats. 
it makes me sick in my stomach. And all mm-hmm. they're trying to do, it, you know, it's almost impossible for a good man to get elected. Yes. Nowadays, if you're not going to be given kickbacks, if you're not going to create flush funds, if you're actually going to do well with the public money, mm-hmm. make sure that uh, they found out that you had uh, smoked a joint back in 1987 or, or you had a prostitute at some other point in your life. It, it's just amazing, Coach, how they smear good people. Yep. And it's gotten so dirty that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of good people that would be thinking of going into it don't even bother. Yes, that's, because, that's exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. So we've created a system, unfortunately, which was really the antithesis of what we tried to create. The I think when our founding fathers created the system, correct me if I'm wrong, they were looking for the top representatives, people that yes. would truly represent our community, and now we get uh, quite the opposite, unfortunately. You know, it... I'm not saying there's never been corruption. I'm sure there has been corruption. But the whole spirit of public service was the fact that it was an honor and a duty. And if you chose to be elected, you were choosing a certain type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't you were trying to get elected so the next five generations of your family were taken care of. It's, it's, it's pretty disgusting what, what our uh, system has turned into, Coach. Yeah. Now, having... I hate to be a pessimist. I hate to really be a, a whiner and a bitcher, but... I mean, I, I don't know what else to do, really, besides complain about it, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, what other option do I have? Well, we have to constantly find ways to make it better, too, because uh, if we just sit back and let it happen, then, uh, you know, all, you've heard me say this before, all that evil requires is for good people to do nothing. So we do need to be active, and, and that brings me up to my next point, Big Dog. I want to make sure our young listeners in particular out there, all of our listeners, we are not recommending not to vote on November 2nd or even in the absentee balloting. You still... Correct me if I'm wrong, Doug. Hopefully you agree with us. You still got to get out there and exercise your vote, even if it means voting. Right, who are you going to vote for? But you just go there and blindly and vote, a, and vote a ballot? People need to learn about these people. They don't need just to go out on November 2nd and vote. What they need to do before November 2nd is go out there and find out something about these politicians. Uh-huh. That, that, if you're going to say, yes, people do need to vote, Coach. I agree with you. But before they vote, maybe they should get a little education on who they're actually pulling the ballot for. That's a good point. It's a good point. By the way, I am considering, I'm not official yet, but I am considering writing you in for state comptroller. Not happy well, with the... I, I, uh, I might have a secretary soon, and that's all I need. I'm not happy with the male Democratic candidate, Judith Bartopinka, is back in the picture, I believe, for the Republicans, and I might sway either way, but there's a chance. You could be my write-in vote again for state comptroller. Well, I'll let you know, I will vote for Judy Bartopinka. That woman has actually put money in my pocket. <laughs> Really? Yes. How did that happen? I found out that there was uh, somebody who I did a really good deed for back in the day. Okay. They were really happy about it. They uh, passed away, but they had put money in my name. Judy Bartopinka informed me about this. I was not in this woman's will. Their family didn't know this money existed. But since I had helped this woman out one particular day, and I didn't need to, and it was really kind of a bother for me. Mm Mm-hmm. But I did it anyways because I know this old woman needed help while she left me a bunch of money. Which, by the way, my ex-wife has and has spent. So <laughs> there you go. Along with my, it was the same time around the stuff the Schwab money, Coach, all uh-huh. around the same time. There seems to be an overriding theme in this show. Whatever it is, your ex-wife has a good portion of it. Uh, <laughs> but the but the important thing is we can count her as a listener to the show. That's all. You know, it's all yeah, about so ratings. It's Judy all about. Mark, think a big fan of her, Coach. Beautiful. So she will get your vote. All right, well. 
We will see how it plays out, but the important thing is today is the first day of absentee balloting. November 2nd, I know David Olson, our producer, will be planning a special, special Election Day show here on the Two Guys at a Mike show, and uh, arguably, Big Dog, we might be. This one-hour show might be the place to be on Election Day. Very arguably, by the way. That's nice to know, Coach. Yes, it is. It's a damn lie, and you know it! Thank you very much. Let's move on to the sports way. But before we do that, by the way, where are you bicycling right now? No, I'm walking. Walking. Yeah, but I have my bicycle with me. I, I, my brakes are bad, and I don't want to be doing the show with no brakes driving through the city of Chicago. Okay. So uh, I'm walking through the city. Okay, so you're walking in various Chicago neighborhoods, one hand on the bike, one hand on the cell phone, doing award-winning sports talk radio as you uh, head through our beautiful city. Yes, Coach, a, and I am absolutely in one of the most beautiful neighborhoods right now. I'm almost about in Humboldt Park, Coach. It's a, it's a nice, a beautiful Humboldt Park. It's a nice visual. Uh, g- give me a Wayne Larrabee. Paint a picture for me. Well, there's a hot Latin chick with a really nice booty moving <laughs> left to right. It's not exactly a Wayne Larrabee, but okay. <laughs> she is in the eye formation. <laughs> She's just split out and has now re- regressed to a tight end. <laughs> Back in motion. She snaps the ball. Uh-oh, she's drinking Haledo, Coach. Ho! Oh, there you go. There it goes. Touchdown. Go, 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 go! That was uh, not what I was expecting, but that was fairly uh, Wayne Larravee-esque, if I could say. Okay, Coach. Thank you very much. All right, we got a game five tonight. Big Dog, I know you're a big baseball guy. Uh, it's hard to watch, uh, you know, for the hardcore baseball fans, maybe not. For most of us, though. The game's one, two, three, the first round. But we're down to a game five tonight. What a pitching matchup, too, and, of course, uh, it's a best of, best of five. So this is the deciding game tonight. David Price for Tampa Bay going up against Cliff Lee for Texas, a great big game pitcher. It's at Tampa Bay, big dog, but the road team has won every game so far. So I don't know if that's advantage Tampa Bay or not, but your thoughts on tonight's classic matchup. Uh, you know what? I want to go back to the last time I was, uh, last Tuesday when I was doing the show while walking. And quite simply, coach, it goes like this. David Price has to be effectively wild. If he keeps on throwing strikes, he's going to get hit. That guy has to walk people, and he's effective. I know that makes no sense. And I said it before last start. The last start, he walked zero. He gave up five runs. His ball is way too straight. Throws 100 miles an hour, but if it's straight, people will hit it. So he's got to, like, the first thing he should do is get the first two batters out in the game and the third hitter because, you know, he can get the fourth hitter out, just plunk him right in the head. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I guess I don't have my stuff today. It'll make, it'll definitely make Rangers batters a little bit more itchy in the, in the, what do you call it, in the batter's box. So. A lot of pressure on the youngster, no question about that. Cliff Lee, he has been in the playoffs before. In fact, his playoff record, I believe, 5-0. and oh, He's undefeated and definitely a big game pitcher. But uh, they saw him once, comes back in game five. Maybe that's an advantage for Tampa Bay. Amazing, big dog. Isn't it the Texas Goes to Tampa. They win their two games. They're up 2-0. They go back to Texas looking to celebrate in front of their home fans. And sure enough, Tampa Bay steals not one but two. Both games in Texas. How odd it is that the road team has won four in a row. What do you think tonight? Uh, five road teams in a row? Texas pull it off? Uh, I'm going to go with Tampa. And Tampa will win because they've got more <laughs> team speed. And it'll be a close game. And it'll come down to the fact that everybody on Tampa can run. Well, we will see how it plays out. And I'm not rooting avidly for either one of these teams, but I'm hoping. And I think you too, uh, that, that, you know, it's close in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. 
I want to see a tight ball game down the finish. The relievers come in at one of those knuckle biters like we had last night. Nail biters, I should say. You don't want to bite your knuckles. That might be bad for you. Um, hopefully it's a close game. Be a lot of fun to watch final three innings of a deciding game. Maybe it'll go extra innings. Who knows? How, compare the bullpens of these two teams. I'm not all that familiar. Uh, well, uh, the bullpens are, are, are pretty deep for both teams. The Rays definitely have more arms in there and their, their close is Rafael Soriano led the, led the major leagues and safe, led the American league, excuse me, in saves this year. Uh, and he's one of those guys that's effectively wild, doesn't know where the ball's going, but he throws a hundred nasty slider. Uh, mm-hmm. they got a couple other guys to set him up, but in the, the Rangers bullpen, they've got Neftala Perez, the hardest thrower outside of Araldis Chapman in all of Major League Baseball. He set the Major League record for most days in the season by a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the Rangers definitely aren't as deep when it comes to the middle relief. So luckily for them, you know Cliff Lee can give them eight. That should not be an issue, and he's probably going to need to because they want to go directly from Lee to Perez. That's all they want. They don't want any. They, they, don't, they, they, they can't afford to do the bridge, but luckily in the American League, you don't have to worry about pinch hitting or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. They basically just got to go out there, and they'll go with Cliff Lee as long as they possibly can. So just in case Perez isn't good, they don't have to go to anybody else, Coach. All right. Going to be fun to watch. Game five, deciding game. There is no tomorrow for one of these two teams. Always fun to watch. We will see who can pull it out, Tampa Bay or the Texas Rangers. We do know in the National League, big dog, the Philadelphia Phila. They knocked off Cincinnati three straight. And uh, they're going to be taking on the San Francisco Giants. We talked about it earlier in the show. Won a uh, very suspenseful game last night. Beat Atlanta. Pretty good series there. Most of the games were close. 3-1. to one. Just a quick preview ahead. San Francisco, their great pitching staff. Philadelphia, I think you're going to pick Philly. But match that puppy up for you, for the listeners out there. Oh, yeah. I guess this is just what seemed right all year long. Both of us were thinking the two best teams in the National League were San Francisco and the, and the Phillies. And that's what we end up getting for uh, the National League Championship Series. Uh, I mean, the starting pitching for the Giants is absolutely unbelievable right now. Uh, Jonathan Sanchez, Matt Cain, and then the freak, Tim Lincecum. So, uh, you know, they match up really well with Oswald, Hamels, and, of course, uh, the best pitcher in the National League right now, mm-hmm. uh, Roy Halladay. So I, I really like this. So it, we're going to have to fight, figure out which offense can scratch across some runs. Because both of these offenses look good on paper, but they really haven't been great this particular season, either one of them. San Francisco's best player is a rookie named Buster. And all these great sluggers getting paid a trillion dollars a year, Utley and Howard and, and Worth and Nabanez, they haven't really produced like they typically would throughout a season. So great pitching versus hitting that needs to start scratching it out. Should be a fun series to watch. Buster Posey, by the way, watching him play yesterday, he's – He's a National League rookie, and he looks every bit the part. In fact, if you told me he was a high school junior playing for Glenbrook South High School, I'd believe that, too. He is one youthful-looking dude, and he plays catcher, which typically gets the, uh, you know, the kind of the grueling, hard-nosed, overly mature guy. But, boy, he is young-looking, isn't he? Yeah, he's extremely young-looking, Coach, to put it mildly. <laughs> and uh, But don't forget, he's only – he just turned 21 the other day. You know, so – uh, and, you know, the funny thing is, he was a shortstop. And uh, when he was at Florida State, the catcher got hurt. And he was like, you know, I used to catch every once in a while in high school. You know, I backed up our catcher. So they put him behind there, and they were like, well, you're better than our regular catcher. He went from being a shortstop to a catcher. 
It's amazing. And, and if you're the Giants, he's so good. I mean, maybe he can play third base or something like that. Do you really want to waste that bat? You know, you can have him for 15 years instead of eight if you put him at third base. Yeah, you don't want to tire his leg out. I had that very same thought. But, boy, he's, he sure does not look like a, what he looks like as a journalist. He looks like he should be covering the game. One of the writers, but then uh, secondarily, maybe a second base would be maybe an outfielder. He clearly does not fit the physical and even the um, the facial stature of what a catcher typically is. But whatever he looks like, he could play big dog. He's your National League Rookie of the Year, and he's leading the offense right now for the San Francisco Giants. So it'll be fun to see you'll um, be playing in his first National League Championship Series. Obviously, the pressure, we'll see if it gets to him. I don't know, how did he hit in the... Um, Atlanta series. I'm not sure. I don't think he was. Uh, he was the star for the San Francisco Giants offensively. Seven hits, 16 at bats. That's pretty good, coach. I'd have to say that's coming up big in the in the NLDS. That qualifies as pretty good. The other uh, significant factor now by Frisco winning yesterday, dog hanging on to win three to two. They did not have to throw Timmy Lensico. In a game five, so now coming up against Philadelphia, they have a rested superstar and Tim Lincecum coming off that great performance. They could throw him again in game four, game five, and maybe, maybe if it goes game seven against Philadelphia, he'd be fresh for a couple innings. Either way, advantage Frisco by winning yesterday, right, with a rested Timmy Lincecum? Yeah, absolutely, but don't forget Halliday is going to be pitching for the Phillies. So, don't, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, Coach, but... I'd have to say the Phillies have the advantage no matter who they're sending out there, but it is going to be a pitching duel for the ages. Timmy Lincecum versus Roy Halladay. I mean, right now, the way that these guys have pitched Halladay for the season and his career, Tim Lincecum for the last month and his career, I mean, this is about as good of a pitching matchup as I've seen in my entire life. Wow. Of when you're talking about how those guys are pitching at that particular time, and if you throw in what their records are, like, you know, I've seen other times where, like, guys have been great for, like, a month, you know, in a, in a championship series. But if you look at all the standards of, like, great pitching matchups, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, this is like Lowlich versus uh, Bob Gibson in a game. Seriously, I mean, maybe it's not that drastic. You know, you talk about – but I'm th- it's up there, Coach. Wasn't it, De- my entire life. Wasn't it Denny McLean against Bob Gibson? Well, in game seven – it was Mickey Lolich versus Bob Gibson because okay. Mickey Lolich had turned the season around for the for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And his last, he was awesome, and he was three and zero in that World Series. And Bob <laughs> Gibson, was, he was two and zero, and Bob Gibson was two and zero, and they faced in Game Seven. One of the great World it's, Series of all nobody time. Nobody was hitting either guy. Was that the 1968 World Series? Heck yeah! Called by uh, wow. by Harry Carey was a uh, play-by-play announcer for Major League Baseball that particular that's year. That's one of the one of the few one of the few ones. I, I probably couldn't tell you who won last year's World Series, but I do remember that Cardinals Tigers ones that was famous. Who? What infielder moved out to center field? Was that Mickey Stanley in that series? Um, what for the or, Tigers? Yeah, or there was an outfielder that had to play shortstop. Mickey Stanley was in the middle of it. Then they had a, a light-hitting shortstop, Ray Oyster. You remember him? You were pretty young. Was he back Ron then. Oyster's son or son or something like that? Wait a minute. You weren't even born in 1968. No, I wasn't. Here's Joel giving us a great recollection of this. Thing. You weren't even born in 1968. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Well, well, I'm just thinking about like a great pitching matchups in the playoffs. I mean, yes. this is historic is all I'm yeah. saying. Uh, how, Halliday was is the reigning AL Cy Young. 
Tim, Tim Lincecum is the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner, and they're meeting in the division, like the first game of the uh, NLCS. I mean, and, that's awesome. And they're both coming off two of the best pitching performances ever. I think I could say that. Two of the best yeah, ever yeah. in playoff baseball. Should have thrown that in. I didn't even throw that into yep. the factor. Right. When uh, uh, Bill James came up with like this pitching dominance thing, and believe it or not, he had Tim Lincecum's two-hit, 14-strikeout shutout Ranked four game, like four games higher than uh, uh, we got Roy Halladay's uh, no hitter in game one. They Lincecum was the second greatest postseason start of all time, and uh, and Halladay's was the sixth greatest of all time, according wow. to Bill James. Wow, strong stuff. So I mean, it, it, I'm glad you reminded me of that, Coach. I was just thinking this is really historic. Game one of the NLCS. We got to check too. Uh, opening days either is it uh, opening day, opening game in that series tomorrow or Thursday, I believe. We'll. Double check that one and certainly preview it. Don't forget game five tonight. Little baseball talk on the two guys in a mic show here. 888-463-6748. Couple titillating tidbits, news and notes for you. Big dog, first of all, this Friday. This Friday, midnight madness, my friend. College basketball teams hold their first practice. I know you're a fan and, um, just thought we'd throw that out there. College hoops, the always, uh, fun and eventful midnight madness celebrations for many of the colleges. Oh, I'm fired up about it, Coach. It's going to be an absolutely great, great year. And if you're a Big Ten college basketball fan, right now you just got to be jumping for joy. So many teams in the Big Ten look to be just absolutely fantastic. The race for the Big Ten regular season championship this year, Coach, is thoroughly – it's like the NFC Conference. Who's going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl right now? Who's going to have the best record? Uh, it a- is thoroughly up for grabs. But unlike football – these conference, these conference teams are loaded, loaded. Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois, uh, Indiana has got a really good team again. And don't forget Wisconsin, as long as they have, uh, Bo Ryan. So I know, I know you were thinking more national and all that stuff, coach, but as a Big Ten fan, I'm, I'm just ecstatic this year over how good the conference is going to be. Don't forget my Northwestern Wildcats, please. Or, or Minnesota. Two yep. really good programs right there. So both yep. of those teams. Would win conferences in this country, mm-hmm. and I don't think either one of them has a chance to win uh, the Big Ten this year because of all the other talent. I haven't got oh, my basketball. Way, be this year. Haven't got my basketball brain fully working yet. But Midnight Madness this Friday, also in the world of hockey, Big Dog right here in Chicago, our Stanley Cup champion Blackhawk finally win a game. They do it yesterday, I should say finally, sarcastically. They only lost a couple, but they win yesterday. Beat Buffalo four to three. Their number two goalie Corey Crawford in the net, but the Hawks win a game in their um. Attempt to regain the Stanley Cup. No panic yet, right? Uh, Coach, panic and hockey in October do not belong <laughs> even in the same train of thought. Okay. Absolutely not. Uh, by the way, Nicholas Jalmerson yes. might be uh, paying out a pretty hefty fine and possibly a suspension. Hit a, a Buffalo Sabre from behind yesterday. The guy's head slammed into the yep. boards. Boards, they had to be stretchered off the stretcher off the ice so i'm not exactly sure his condition he did give the the thumbs up wave from the stretcher but uh-huh. nicholas jomerson will be missing and the blackhawks uh, uh defenseman rotation in a couple of days have not seen a replay of that hit so i will hold off uh, my opinion whether he should be suspended sure. or not but which, certainly which you should do. if you haven't seen it you shouldn't give an opinion on it yes That's the best way i can describe it thank you very much i wouldn't dare do that telling me that it was okay yeah. i'm like have you seen it they're like no i was like okay then try uh, to tell me it's it was a clean hit. On the other hand, let that be a lesson to all our young listeners out there. Uh, you should not sneak up 
and hit a Buffalo Saber from behind. I think that's a yeah. I just just want to throw this out there. You know what? I'm all for rough hockey. Yep. But I also don't want to be a cheap team. We don't need people nope. taking cheap shots on the Blackhawks. No. Nope. Do, do you know? Do you know what I mean? I don't want to turn into the into the the Philadelphia Flyers of the '70s. Mm-hmm. I want this team to turn into the the Oilers of the '80s, where they just skated past everybody and dominated mm-hmm. people with skill, well, not by playing cheap. The beauty of the Blackhawks, and I agree with your statement. The beauty of the Blackhawks last year is they could skate, but. When needed, they could play physical hockey, too. Not dirty, but they could play physical, yes. too. I thought that was one of the strengths of last year's teams anyways. They could uh, rise to the occasion and uh, play a little physical hockey as well, and they'd win on either style. And you, and you know I want to keep that going, too, Coach. Yep. That, that has to continue. Well, Big Doe, we appreciate you doing the show, even though you're walking through uh, some potentially scary neighborhoods. You know, you, you did the show with a sense of urgency, almost as if you thought at any point, this could be your final show, but I could tell that sense of urgency in your voice today. Yeah, I was definitely worried about that at some point. So, by the way, if, if I end up being, if I'm end up missing, I'm in the corner of Lemoyne and Lemoyne. <laughs> hey, big dog, I'm live. No problem, coach. I'm loving it. Live each day as if it were your last, because one day you will be correct. Hey, well, I might be right today. My goodness. Talk Thanks. like a talk like a champion, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do it hey. again tomorrow. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com, signing off. Have a great day.